essays by Melissa Ocampo. That summer changed me forever. In 2004, the summer seemed brighter and better than it had since I was small. The sun's rays attacked my eyes as I lay in bed between my two sisters, Maribel and Selena. Almost awakening them, I reached over and grabbed the alarm clock. It was six o'clock. I crawled out of bed and hurried to the bathroom to prepare myself for the first day of school. Standing in front of the bathroom mirror, I frantically tried to straighten my wild curly hair, but the brush just got more tangled into the locks. I muttered, I need more sleep. If only I had hung up the phone earlier the night before. It had seemed impossible to convince my boyfriend that while I really wanted to talk to him, I had to get some sleep. It was typical of Antonio to think that my every decision somehow had to deal with him. I let out a big yawn. <sighs> As I went over in my mind the conversation we had the night before. Baby, I'm going to have to call you tomorrow. It's already 11 and I'm really tired. Just 10 more minutes, please. I hated the way Antonio always begged and whined for me to give him more of my time. Sure, he was only asking for 10 more minutes on the phone, but I knew better. 10 minutes would turn into 30 minutes, and then that would turn into two or three more hours. He was aware that I was starting college, and as much as he claimed he supported me, I knew that it bothered him. How about I call you first thing in the morning when I'm driving to school? Oh, and I have a break in between my classes, so I can call you then, too. Silence. Hello? Baby, are you there? You're going to forget about me. You'll probably meet some doctor one day with a big house and lots of money, and you'll forget all about me. Antonio, baby, what are you talking about? I love you, and you know this. Well, then why won't you marry me? I could tell by the tone in his voice that he was getting upset. We had been dating for two years when he had first asked me to marry him. I was shocked but not surprised by his proposal. In my neighborhood, I was used to seeing young Latino couples getting married after high school and then starting a family. My cousin Tita had got married the summer after she graduated high school, and now she and her husband were expecting their first child. I was happy for her and for my friends who followed in this trend. However, I just could not see myself married and having children so soon. There were other things in life that I wanted to do first. I loved Antonio, but it was hard for him to understand this. Every time he talked about marriage, I tried to change the subject so that I would not continue to hurt his hope of us one day being husband and wife. Hold on a second. I hear my mom coming. I better get to bed before she asks me to help her fold clothes. Good night, baby. I'll call you tomorrow. I did not wait for him to say good night back. I hung up the phone in a hurry. Not because my mom was really coming but because I knew he would have some excuse to try and stay on the phone. Antonio was afraid of my going to college. He felt that an education would go to my head and I would think myself better than he. I did not want to hurt his feelings, but I was not giving up college for any guy. I decided to not let myself think any more about it. Juggling a notebook and map quest directions in one hand and my shoes in the other, I ran straight into Mama who stood at the kitchen stove. When I gathered my balance, I realized that I was lucky for not having run directly into her. It was hard to decide what was steaming more, the coffee pot on the blazing flame or my mama. Sweat was gliding down her forehead and her cheeks were turning red as she turned the papas in the pan and flipped the tortillas on the skillet. Every morning, my mama did this. She would wake up at five in the morning to make my papa his breakfast, 
before he went to work, and then an hour later she would do the same for my sisters Maribel, Selena, and me. Afterwards, she would commit the day to cleaning the house, washing the clothes, and making dinner. On top of that, she had to take care of my two-year-old twin brothers, Diego and Miguel, who were too young to begin school. Sometimes, I could not help but wonder if Mama was glad that my older brother Juan had moved out. It meant one less child to worry about. At the end of the day, my mama would retire to her bed and wake up the next morning to do it all over again. Just thinking of it made me exhausted. Yet, I envied my mama. Not because I wanted to follow in her footsteps, but because she was so strong in following this routine every day of her life since she was 17 years old and gave birth to Juan. Morning, mama. Okay, I'm going now. I'll be home in a few hours. I spoke quickly in desperate hopes that mama would not even hear me. My plan failed. What do you mean you're going? Where the hell do you think you're going? Mama threw another piece of dough on the skillet after grabbing the tortilla off the skillet. I watched it sizzle under the heat. I felt like that piece of dough. Sweat beaded on my forehead. What do I do now? I knew that there was no way I could leave the house, not without a battle with her. Mama stood with her arms wrapped around her chest. She is a big woman. She hadn't always been, but... After giving birth to six children, she had lost that size zero weight she had when she first met my papa. Now, her stature was more than enough to have kept me under a firm thumb all the years growing up. I glanced over to the table where my little brothers Diego and Miguel sat. My sisters Maribel and Selena were coming into the kitchen with laundry baskets. The sound of a lawnmower went off and it startled me. When Diego and Miguel saw my body jump, they moved their seats back far enough from the battleground to watch but not get involved. By their scared little faces, I realized that they were more worried for themselves than they were for me, little rats. They knew if I got out the front door, Mama would turn her anger upon them. Mama, I told you yesterday that I would have school today. Remember? My voice squeaked on that last word. I hate when that happens, like I'm begging for clemency. What the fuck do you mean you have school today? You just graduated high school two days ago. Do you think I'm stupid? No, of course not. I could feel a big lump the size of an albondiga in my throat, and all I could make out was... College? Oh, I see. You did it on purpose. You want to go to school to get away from having to do chores. Well, you little bitch, no one else is going to do your work for you. You'll come home and finish everything you were supposed to do today. Okay, I I will. I always tell her what she wants to hear, otherwise she'll hit me. Wait a minute. You better go to school and write back. Since you didn't do your chores, well then you're not going to your boyfriend's house. No hussing around either. I don't need you getting pregnant like all your damn cousins. Well, Mama, if you don't want me to go, I won't. I can stay home. Oh, now you want to stay because I told you you couldn't see your boyfriend. No, I... Before I could get another word in, Mama came at me with a huge, beefy hand. She grabbed my little arm and lifted my body slightly off the floor. I don't think so. You think I'm dumb. You get your bony ass in that car and go to school. I don't need you blaming me when you realize you can't handle college. You're going to get pregnant and marry an asshole anyways. Watch. Just watch. She opened the door and shoved me out. Get out of here. With that, she slammed the door and locked the several chains on it. Maybe she's right, I thought. But I'm going anyways. I ran around the block where I parked my precious beat-up Honda along the curb. I did not even stop to say hello to my neighbor Rosa, who was trying to mow her lawn. 
Little tears were forming in my eyes, and I did not want her to see them. I jumped into my car and put my head on the steering wheel. Then I let the salty tears run down my cheeks. I looked at a picture that I had taped next to the gas gauge. Wrinkly and faded, the picture still captured the beautiful summer day when my family was the closest. Mama had taken the picture, and even though her long painted red nail had got into the picture, it didn't take away from showing me hugging my sisters as we posed in our bathing suits. I miss those days. We cared about each other then. I touched the picture. I stretched out on the bed and kicked the Mickey Mouse covers to the side. The first day of summer break. Mama had promised the night before, tomorrow, mijita, if you and your sisters are good, I'm going to take you girls to the swimming pool. We had no pool in San Isidro, only five minutes from the border. We had graffiti, border patrol, and crime. The closest thing to a pool in the barrio in the hot summer is a sprinkler hose that we ran through. But Mama had decided that we would not be deprived of the luxury found in other neighborhoods. I looked over to my right and saw that Juan's blanket was folded on the little couch in our room. He must have left to work with Papa already. Sometimes I felt it unfair that Juan had to give up some of his summer break to work. I looked to my left and saw that Maribel and Selena still lay asleep. I shook them. Wake up, sillies! I jumped out of bed and raced them to the bathroom mirror to brush our teeth and shower. Back in my bedroom, I opened the top shelf of my dresser, lifted out my bathing suit, held it up, and admired it. My papa had bought it for me last Christmas. He told me, I know it's too cold to use it now, but just wait till summer. It was beautiful. I placed the bathing suit against my body. Its bright yellow color went well with my tanned legs and arms. The sunflowers around the ties added the perfect touch. I pulled off the 50% discount tag. Papa must have overlooked it. I slipped into the bathing suit and put on my sandals. They were too big and I curled my toes to make them fit better. I'll grow into them, I thought. I spun around a few times in the mirror and put my right arm behind my head, like a beauty queen, and pretended I had won the swimsuit contest. Then I grabbed a towel, some sunblock, my camera, and clothes to change into later. I threw everything into a duffel bag. I hurried downstairs. Maribel and Selena were finishing up their cornflakes. I smiled at how pretty Selena looked in Maribel's old bathing suit, and giggled at the sight of Maribel's bottom popping out of my old bathing suit that Mama had handed down to her. I had missed breakfast, but I was too tired of cereal and too excited to eat. Papa had promised to buy Frosted Flakes next week. Then, I won't miss breakfast. Mama handed us little snack lunches and told us to hold hands to the trolley station. We got on the Blue Line trolley across from Howard Lane Park. The bus ride took nearly four hours. I sat at a window seat and observed the changes in the neighborhoods as we got closer to our destination. The graffiti seemed to disappear, and the houses got bigger and bigger. When we made the transfer from the trolley to the 801 bus, I saw flashy cars pass us by. How cool, I thought. We probably should have gone to the beach to go swimming, but Mama took us on this long journey to see neighborhoods outside of our own, so we could realize that there were places to go outside of the barrio. She wanted us to see how others lived. She wanted us to know where we too could reside if we worked hard. Watching everything pass by the window, I barely noticed when we had arrived. Quickly, we got off the bus and walked up Camino de Gracia into the private city Sincondos. Mama pointed at the street sign as we passed it. Spanish-labeled streets should have Mexican people residing in the community, she said. Mama, why do they call this place Fashion Valley? I tugged at Maribel's hand to be quiet. I knew the routine well. This was the part we were supposed to be the quietest. 
We sneaked in and walked over to the pool area. The swimming pool. The blue water sparkled, and the little white flashes that the sun's reflection made on it seemed like angels dancing on the water. My heart skipped a beat. Mama picked me up and helped me over the fence. It was not a big fence, but one of those kinds that you need a card or a key to open it with. I was almost over the fence when out of nowhere, a tall, slender white woman grabbed Mama by the arm. Mama was so frightened that she almost dropped me on the ground. It was over. We had been caught. The lady clearly lived in the premises and knew that we were trespassing on private property. She did not care that I was dangling by one arm and that her yelling at Mama was not helping the situation. Under the stress, Mama somehow managed to get me back on the ground without me falling. However, once on the ground, I wish Mama had dropped me, so that I would have hit my head so hard that I would not have to endure the presence of this obnoxious monster. The monster woman cursed at Mama and called her every name in the book. I don't understand you damn people. You're only here to clean the houses. You're not supposed to bring your whole family and dirty up our pools. I should make a call and have you deported. Why can't you people understand rules? This isn't Tijuana, for Christ's sake. You are complete wild animals. The monster woman glared at us as she yelled. I spoke English. I understood it all. Everything from being called a border hopper to a wetback. I looked up at Mama, who still held our little hands but kept her head down. At the time, Mama could not speak English and could not completely understand the words, but she understood. I was glad Mama could not understand the insults. The monster's gestures and her raging hands told it all. I placed my head on Mama's big stomach. I wanted to make the woman shut up, but didn't know how. I wanted to yell back and curse at the woman, but how? Instead, we stood there in shame forced to listen and endure it. I watched the woman's mouth spew hate. I knew what we had done was wrong, but why? Why did we in the barrio have to sit in the sun with only a popsicle to keep us cool? I looked at the beautiful swimming pool, and I hated it. It made people like me so envious. Because we did not belong, we were forced to leave. I looked down from the woman's mouth and saw the veins popping out of her neck. A gold chain dangled on her collarbone. The crucifix hanging from it shone in the afternoon sun. She was a Christian. Maybe it was a miracle. Just then, a car skidded into a fire hydrant. The crash made the fire hydrant go off and shoot water eight feet into the sky. Water! I grabbed Maribel and Selena and we dashed towards the street, pulling off our shirts and exposing our dazzling bathing suits. We danced in the street under the sun and water. We giggled and laughed. I looked back. Mama stood on the sidewalk watching us. I think she might have had tears in her eyes, but she held her head up. I signaled her to reach into my bag, and in doing so, she pulled out my camera. She held it up just as I grabbed my sisters and put my arms around them. Click. A moment saved in time. I looked over at the condos. The monster woman stood there alone. Here we were in the street, no longer outcast. We were free to do what we liked. I wanted the woman to recognize this. I wanted her to know that we did not need her swimming pool to be happy or to enjoy the summer. My sisters and I threw our hands in the air and danced around. I pretended to be an Aztec warrior that I sometimes saw in my dreams, ever since my late abuelita had shown me one in a book. She told me that they were my ancestors and we shared the same blood. I am an Aztec, I yelled. 
From that day, I no longer felt shame of being a Mexican who came from the working class. I was proud. I learned something else that day. It does not matter who I am, what I am, or where I come from. If happiness is what I seek, happiness is what I will find. Under the broken fire hydrant, I made a promise that day to never let people put me down again. I saw the monster lady turn around and walk towards her home. My sisters and I played in the water for hours before the fireman came to fix the hydrant. Mama sat on the curb, rubbed her stomach, and watched. I smiled as I peered at the picture of that day. I missed the feeling of that day. My phone vibrated in my pocket, but I did not need to reach for it to know that it was Antonio calling. I ignored the phone call. I started my car, and I drove off to school. The end. <laughs>